You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So I want to continue just to minister along the relationship between the kings and the priests um, and just some of the do's and the don'ts and things that you should be aware of. So we've touched sides on it's all about the heart, putting God first, be a generous giver, the test that you will write when it comes to the tithes, to give your tithes, that's the 10%, um, the offerings, and then generous giving or extravagant giving, that, that uh, sacrificial giving. But one thing about sacrificial giving, people that do sacrificial giving, they always, always see it or view it as part of their worship. It's never a sacrifice. Abraham, when the Lord said, sacrifice your only son, when they said, where are you going? He said, we're going to worship now. We're going to worship now. So those generous givers, they know that they are just giving to God what they've received from God. And they are happy and they are cheerful givers. All ministry in the Word of God flows from this rich treasure of love in our hearts. Remember, Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Attend my sheep. Look after the lambs. That's what he said. So... It's that love that we have for Christ overflowing, touching other people's lives. That's what it's all about. So turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 1 Peter 5, verse 2. So Peter is the one who had the revelation, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me more than all these things, Peter? So 1 Peter 5, verse 2 says, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Here he says is the attitude of an elder, somebody that's in ministry. The way that you work with people. Shepherd the flock of God. So number one, the flock belongs to God. Yes, you can be a member of household of Christ, but Jesus is ultimately your shepherd. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you. I also belong to God. Amen. My calling came from God, not from a man. If a man can appoint you as a pastor, as a prophet, that man can also disappoint you. Amen. Make sure that that calling comes from God. Amen. So as pastors, the Bible says, serve willingly, eagerly, not for dishonest gain. So it means that when I come, it's, I'm not doing something to get something. I'm fulfilling my duties, but you are bringing your tithes and your offerings to the church, that relationship between the kings and the priest. Because when you are desperate, you'll pay anything. He says, I know that can happen. When somebody has been anointed and, and entrusted with certain graces, people will be prepared to pay anything to get it. And he says, I don't want you to be in a relationship like that. He says, to speak to the elders, he says, don't do this for dishonest gain. Don't do this to get money out of the people. 
Let the people do what they have to do. Let them give their tithes and their offerings and their sacrificial giving. Let them do those things. It's part of the kingdom. But he says, now that this relationship gets a bit closer, willingly, eagerly, not for dishonest gain, nor as lording over them. Sometimes pastors want to take so much control of the people that they cannot do anything. But you also have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's good to receive counsel. I think it's good to receive advice from your elders and from your parents. Um, I think it's good to get that sometimes. But ultimately, if you look at the Word of God as a, as a husband and a wife, let me just use that as a husband and a wife. The Bible says, leave your father and your mother, be joined to your wife. So ultimately, you and your wife will be making decisions together, both of you in a relationship with God, and you can hear what God is saying as well. If it's bigger decisions, have different relationships in your life. Have a relationship that you can go to that's uh, oversight maybe over you. Uh, have friends around you. And then even test some things with people that is maybe at a lower level, maybe your children. Sometimes you have to ask them, what do you think about that? And hear their view and opinion. You'll be surprised sometimes how God can even speak to you through that. Have peers around you and then have the oversight as well. Amen. But that relationship must, in all those cases, must be mutual. Mutual trust, mutual commitment, mutual sacrifice, mutual love. Amen. Not just a relationship that comes from one side. Jesus never lorded over anybody. A matter of fact, when you look at this, you almost see that the greatest reward that we will get as pastors um, is one day when Jesus comes. Um, I once just walked into a shop, and the lady said, Are you Pastor Bernard? And I said, Yes, what is the one? And she said, No, you don't remember me, but two years ago, I just came to a prayer line, and you prayed for me. You gave me a word. She said, after that, everything changed. I'm married now. I'm starting my own business, and, and God has just changed a lot of things, and I'm serving God, and I'm so happy. I said, wonderful, and I realized many times we'll only know in heaven the impact what you've had in ministering or sharing the gospel with somebody. You'll only know in heaven the prayers that you have been praying. And that's the real reward one day before the Lord Jesus Christ. But here on earth, here's this relationship that we have between kings and priests. And there's clear instruction that we need each other. I need you like you need me. So let me just get to the point. Can a man of God ask you to pay money before he prays for you? That's the question that we should ask. Because this is something that is happening. People have been taught this. So if people are doing it, that's their choice. But I want to look at the Bible and I want to show you what the Bible says and what I believe the Bible says about that. Are you ready for that? Matthew 10 verse 7. I want to start with that. Every advancement in a Christian's life is because of the grace of God. Because of the grace of God. Can you buy the grace of God? By grace we have been saved through faith. And as you go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, 
nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food. So the Bible says what we've received, we've freely received, freely give. The grace to heal, to deliver, nobody has paid any price. The person who paid the price is the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid the price, and he freely gives us, he anoints us. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed you. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 15. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, and came and stood before him, and he said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now therefore, please take a gift from your servant. Please take a gift from your servant. But he said, as the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will receive nothing. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. So we can see here that Naaman was healed. And after he was healed, he came and he wanted to give something. And he said, no, the God before whom I stand, I will not receive anything. I'm not going to receive anything. Why? Because there's a time to give and there's a time to receive. There's not a time of giving, giving. What do I mean by that? It was the man of God's time to give healing. That which he has received freely, he had given freely. And it was Naaman's time to receive the healing. That's how it works. If you go to see a doctor, now it's a contract. Now you perform. He performs by rendering a service. You perform by paying. But it doesn't work like this. God says, it is your time to receive healing. Man of God, you are praying. You are giving freely what you've received to him. You cannot receive anything now. The time for Naaman to bless will come. It's time to give his tithes and his offerings. That time will come, but it's not now. Now is his time to receive while the man of God is giving to him. Can you see that? He says, I will not receive anything. Let's go to verse 25. But we have Gehazi here that hears this conversation, and he says, let me take advantage of it. Now he went in and stood before his master. Elisha said to him, where did you go, Gehazi? And he said, Your servant did not go anywhere. Then he said to him, Did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing and olive groves and vineyard sheep and oxen, male and female servants? Is it time to receive food and cars and homes and money? He says, it's not the time for that. Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out from his presence, leprous as white as snow. Do you know what is the sad thing here? Elijah did 14 miracles. Elisha 
did double the amount, 28 miracles. Gehazi was the servant of Elisha to be trained to be a prophet to do double the amount of miracles. But because of money, he missed what God really had for him. He placed more value on mammon. So how could God entrust him with the true riches of the kingdom of God? Because he placed value on money. He said, is it our time to receive money? He says, when somebody is being healed, it's not our time to receive money. It's not our time to receive anything. We are here to give what we've received freely. Amen? Are you still following with me? We know Galatians 6 verse 6 says, He who teaches and he who receives, let him share with him in all good things. But there's a time for that. We know Saul, when he was looking for his father's donkeys, he brought a gift to Samuel. But that's more that when you honor a prophet as a prophet, you'll have a prophet's reward than giving something to get something. It was about honoring him. But here when it comes to healing, and more than anything, Samuel there pointed him in the direction of his future to become king. So the context of that was about his future, where he was going, where he was heading. It's got nothing to do with healing. The things that we have freely received, we ought to give those things freely. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus, help me. Say it again. Say, Jesus, help me. When you look at the Bible, the message right through the Bible is pursue Jesus, not silver and gold. We need silver and gold for the kingdom of God. But our focus should be upon Jesus, not upon these things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. Psalm 135, verse 15. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. So it says idols, silver and gold has become idols. Ezekiel 44, verse 12, because they ministered to them before their idols and caused the house of Israel to fall into iniquity. Therefore, I've raised my hand in an oath against them, says the Lord God, that they shall bear their iniquity and they shall not come near me to minister to me as priests, nor come near any of my holy things, nor into the most holy place, but they shall bear their shame and their abominations which they have committed. Nevertheless, I will make them keep charge of the temple for all its work and for all that has to be done in it. More than anything here, it's a warning to ministers. Don't make it about money. Here in the book of Ezekiel, God is saying, he says, because They've ministered and made the gospel about silver and gold. Brought these idols into the temple. They are not going to be allowed to minister to me. They can look after the people, the temple, meet the needs of the people and minister to them. But they're not allowed to minister to me. 
What an awful thing. Because that idol of money, God says, choose who you will serve. Mammon or God. And if you make a decision to serve money and you place more worth upon money, God will give you over to the thing that you place the most worth upon. If you worship money, God will give you over to that. Go read Romans. A matter of fact, the thing that you worship, the thing that you place the most worth upon, you'll become like it. That's why we worship God. And the more we worship God in spirit and in truth, we become more like God. Working out everything that's not of God, becoming more like God. Lord, take more of me. Give me more of you. Help me, Lord, that everything about me will be everything about you. And this is the test right through the Bible. Yes, we need to give our tithes, our offerings, our free will offerings, extravagant giving, sacrificial giving, all those things. But don't let the gospel be about money. It's about the salvation of God. The power of the gospel is about salvation. Amen? That's a scary thing. So when I look at this from Scripture, I believe it's wrong to give money when somebody is going to pray for you. Don't believe there's a blessing in that. No, the people are doing that, and I know they have their scriptures. But if I look at this, a man being healed, Elisha say, it's not our time to receive money when we're praying for somebody for healing. What did Peter say at the gate? Beautiful. He said to the man, silver and gold I do not have. Since you're lying against gate beautiful, gate beautiful is Jesus. You're using it as a crux, as a support to lean against it, looking for silver and gold. He says, I don't have silver and gold. Forsake your way of focusing and thinking money will bring salvation to you. But what I have is I have a lasting solution. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get up and walk. This again comes down to the heart. We cannot see it, but God looks right into your heart to see. Book of Job, God says, I will be your silver and your gold. He says, let me be the most precious thing in your life. Why am I saying this? Because these teachings come from a pulpit. We are the men of God preaching this and teaching it. And we have to be careful what we preach. The man of God that's ministering to you, is he being allowed to minister to God? Or is he only ministering to you? Because our teachings should give glory to God. Our offerings should give glory to God. Everything that we do should be in humility and sincerity of heart. Jesus Christ is the most precious gift. He wants people to be saved. He wants to take us from where we are to where he wants us to be. So in all our giving and everything that we do, so when I'm sharing the word of God, who's getting the honor? Who's getting the glory? When I'm giving a gift, my tithes, my offerings, who's getting the glory? When I'm praying for somebody for healing or deliverance, who's getting the glory? And everything, God should get the glory. When we are worshiping him, who's getting the glory? 
We are worshiping him in spirit and in truth, in humility and sincerity of heart. It's all about the heart. When we come to worship, are we putting him first? Are we giving him the rightful place within our hearts? Peter knew that money would just be a temporary solution, but he wanted to offer the man a lasting solution. If the man started to prosper in his spiritual life, his spiritual life, everything will change. Family, listen to me. Healing is for the salvation of your soul. You can go read here. 2 Kings 5 verse 17. Naaman said then, If not, please let your servant be given two mule loads of earth, for your servant will no longer offer either burnt offerings or sacrifices to other gods, but to the Lord. Then he says to me, he says, but where I am, when I go to the temple, I have to go in another God's temple. But when I'm there, I'm going to bow the na- my knee to Jesus. And the man of God says to him, go in peace. What does this mean? After he received his healing, he started serving Jesus. It means the healing was for the salvation of his soul. But if he now had to pay for that, what would have happened? He says, I'm not receiving money. The healing that you are desiring is for the salvation of your soul. The breakthrough is for the salvation of your soul. But that salvation comes from Jesus. It's a free gift. The price was paid upon the cross. It's not cheap, but it's free. But if you now have to pay for it, then it's not free anymore. Then you giving something to get it. So next time when you need more of it, guess what? You just have to pay double. How can you be a happy giver? What if it doesn't work out now? Then you start to doubt God. You start to say something that is not in line with the word of God. So Jesus said, you make a decision who you want to serve. Will it be mammon or will it be God? It's wrong, I believe, from Scripture to ask money for something that you received freely, especially when it comes to kingdom matters. Jesus freely imparted his gifts into people's lives. A matter of fact, it reveals something in your heart. Acts 8 verse 9. Just go there quickly. Simon the sorcerer. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great. He was astonishing people. He thought he was something great. Then he got saved. Then Simon himself, verse 13, then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs which were done. So he got saved, and now he saw the miracles. So he's thinking, oh, this is magic. I also want to work this magic, then I can be something great again. What has changed? This is the thing that we have in the world today. I want to be rich. I want to be famous. I want to be popular. I want a big house, a big car, and I want a lot of money. Now you get saved, now you want to be rich, you want to be famous, you want to be popular, you want a big house, you want a big car with a lot of money, in Jesus' name. What's changed? Nothing has changed. You've just added in Jesus' name. 
But the treasure in your heart is not changed when you receive the Word of God with meekness into your heart. By its very nature, it will start to change you. Verse 18, And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. Cannot purchase the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. I'm not preaching to you. I'm just reading Bible. I'm just reading Bible. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness. He's saying change. Don't continue to think you can buy the gift of God with money. And pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. You can see here clearly Simon the sorcerer served Jesus for materialistic reasons. He wanted to do the same to get money. He was prepared to pay money so that he could charge money. Peter said, it's a wickedness. Repent. Repent. How do you think you can buy the Holy Spirit with money? This is what Simon the sorcerer was busy with. I think this is why Jesus said, make a decision, who will be your God? Will it be mammon or will it be God? It's exactly what I've mentioned it, what Peter said, the man at the gate beautiful, forsake your way. This is why Jesus said, make a decision. Listen to this, for money Achan brought defeat on the armies of Israel and death on himself. For money, Balaam sinned against the light and tried to curse God's people. For money, Delilah betrayed Samson to the Philistines. For money, Gehazi lied to Naaman and Elisha and became a leper. For money, Ananias and Sapphira became the first hypocrites in the Christian church and lost their lives. For money, Judas Iscariot sold Christ and was ruined eternally. It's from the book, God and Mammon. Money. The love of money is the root of all evil. We as pastors, we are here to equip you for the work of ministry so that you can go out and fulfill this ministry of reconciliation to get people back to God. We don't have to pay anything for the Holy Spirit. It's not cheap. Never make it cheap. It's free, but it's not cheap. It costs Jesus Christ his life for the Holy Spirit to be here. That's why the Bible says we have to be very, very careful. The church was three weeks op open. We've just started the church. It was our third week. And I remember that morning when I prayed, the Sunday morning, the Lord spoke to me in my heart and he said, what you teach the people can take a whole church to hell or you can point them in the direction of heaven. As a pastor... You can take a whole church to hell or you can point them in the direction of heaven. 
That's serious. That's why pastors, one day when they stand before God, the Bible says teachers will be judged differently. I'm here to equip you and to tell you the truth. Don't let money be your God. Forsake silver and gold. We need silver and gold. And we're going to apply the principles of the word of God. But don't let mammon become the only thing in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Simon the sorcerer wanted to serve Jesus for materialistic reasons, for money. Serve him because he is God, because he's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's the one who formed you, who, who breathed his spirit into you. You are the greatest product of the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with God's presence and you start to prosper in your spiritual life, you'll start to prosper in every other area of your life as well. I want to close with two scriptures from the book of 2 Corinthians 11 verse 19. For you put up with fools gladly, since you yourself are wise. For you put up with it if one brings you into bondage and people enslave you. Pastors are not here to enslave people. We are here to preach the gospel of grace. If anyone devours you, take away property or destroy that's when people start super shepherding over you, taking houses from people, money from people. God says you must give this God. God is the highest authority. That's why you need a relationship with God as well. There's a time to give things like that. But hear what God is saying to you. If one takes from you, if one exalts himself, if one strikes you on the face, Paul is saying you think you're so wise, but look what's happening. You've been taken captive. People have been enslaving you through teachings. You're not happy in what you're doing. Your heart is heavy. And God wants you to be happy. But many people are enslaved. Paul wrote in Galatians, he says, you've started out in the spirit, but now you're ending up in the flesh. Have you received the Holy Spirit by keeping the law, by doing all these things? Or by hearing faith? Believing what God has said? Receiving the Holy Spirit, knowing that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Freely you've received, freely you give. You start off in the Spirit, but then you end up in the flesh. Why does he say this? 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3. I want you to open your Bibles. Meditated upon this many, many times. Verse 3. Paul writing, and he say, but I fear... Lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. What did, how did, how did the serpent deceive Eve? He made her believe that God was withholding something good from her. Made her believe that God was withholding something good from her. If you can just eat from this, you'll be like God. She was already like God. They were made in God's image and God's likeness. But I feel as somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you've not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. It's almost like Paul is unsympathetic towards 
the people in Corinth. He says, I don't want you to be deceived like Eve. He says, don't receive a different Christ. Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. Christ came to set us free. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Don't let somebody come and put a heavy burden on you. Amen. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, what is another Jesus? Jesus never lorded over people. Jesus came to help. Jesus never received money from anybody before he prayed for them. A matter of fact, he was ready to help all the time. Which you've not received or a different gospel. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the power unto salvation. Not the power unto mammon and to money. Salvation. When you start to prosper in your spiritual life, you'll prosper in every area. Which you've not received, you may well put up with it. He's saying, you know what? If you now want to receive a different Jesus, if you want to accept this different gospel, a different Christ, a different Holy Spirit, this is why you're complaining, put up with it. Put up with it almost feels unsympathetic, but he's saying, here's the truth. I'm placing it before you, life and death. Choose life. He says, if you're choosing death, why are you complaining? Put up with it. But Jesus says, I want you to choose life. Ephesians 3 verse 20. He says, God wants to do far more abundantly. Whatever you could think, whatever you could dream, whatever you could ask. Well, how? Through that power that works on the inside. That's Deuteronomy 8 verse 18. That power that God has placed on the inside. Family, listen to me. Romans 8 verse 32 says, If God did not withhold Jesus Christ from you and from me, why will he withhold anything from you? If he gave his very best, his most precious, allowed him to come to show us a more excellent way, why will he withhold anything from you? Freely we've received, freely we should give. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. What does that mean? It means it's a blessing that comes from God without any conditions. But when that blessing has got conditions, be careful where it's coming from. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and it adds no sorrow, no heaviness, no bitterness, no unforgiveness. It lifts you up. That's what Jesus came to do. This relationship between kings and priests, we need it. I need you like you need me. You to pray for me, I pray for you. In this vision, this mandate that we have from heaven, there's the vision and there's the provision where we work together and every member finds its rightful joint. But don't put yourself in a position where people can take advantage from you. 
Maybe you have friends that has fallen into this. When I look at Scripture, and every man of God has got his own way before God, and every man will stand before God one day. But this is not household of Christ's way. Our way is freely we've received, freely we give. But I need you like you need me to be faithful in your tithes, your offerings, your free will offerings, so that God can take you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.